Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. Well, you welcome Chris Estrada today to Calvary. Come on, let's give him the kind of welcome that he knows he's come home. Come on, if you're family, then you just come home. So let's make him feel like family today. Wow, what an absolute honor. You may be seated. It is so good to be here this morning. Oh my goodness, I, there's so much to be said about what we were just in. And um, I know that what we are standing in is sacred. I know that it's significant. I know that it is at this moment rare, but eventually it'll be the normal. It'll be the status quo. And uh, I'm just grateful that God has found a house that he can pour out everything he wants to pour out as unique, as abstract, as strong, and as, as heavy as it needs to be. Come on, are you proud to be at Calvary this morning? It don't matter if you're online, in person, it don't matter what campus you're at, the presence of the living God is in the building. And I just know that when he's here, everything else gets a second seat. When he's here, everything else does not matter. When he's here, it's all we ever needed. And I'm truly grateful for this incredible team. Do you love Pastor John, Courtney, this whole worship team? Come on, get no, you guys don't realize. I'm gonna just talk to you like I'm family. Can I just be Uncle Chris for a second? You people are spoiled up in this church right here. I'm gonna just keep it 100 with you. You are spoiled rotten spiritually. You have authentic, incredible worship that leads you up, not down, come on. You also have incredible leaders. I'm looking at Pastor Josh Carter, Pastor Natasha, come on, Pastor Anderson. You, you've got incredible voices and influencers. You've got a dream center that's taking ground. You've got outreach that actually is touching the lives of people. You've got a young movement that is storming into campuses across. You've got kids that are getting laid out under the power of God. Did you bet? Yes, I'm telling you, you are spoiled up in this church. And I believe that it's a reflection of what heaven is like and when God gets a hold of an incredible, uh, incredible leaders. And I, I, I absolutely believe this. I, if we knew each other, you know I'm not, I don't flatter. Um, but I can tell you this is a pretty unique space and the reputation of this house has preceded you. I, I was with Pastor John uh, Wilds in, in, in Canada a couple years back and just realizing, oh, it makes sense here at Calvary. Obviously knowing Josh now, Pastor Josh, I don't know, 10 years, 11 years, something like that. And just hearing about it, my good friend, Bishop Kevin Wallace, who loves you guys, has told me so much about you. My friend, Pastor Tony Stewart, has said things about you. And I can tell you, everything they said was real. And I think it's an incredible reflection of quality leadership with Pastor Jim and Pastor Dawn. Come on, do you love your lead pastors? Come on, do you grateful for the gift? that they are not just to this house, but many others, this apostolic uh, leadership that's on them to call things from what is gonna be to right now. You ought to be standing on your feet because the reason why people pick up the phone in the middle of the night is because at one point they trained somebody to do it. The reason why your marriage isn't falling apart is because of the prayers of incredible leaders. The reason why your business, the reason why your family, come on, the reason why your health, I'm telling you, it's a reflection of incredible leaders. Come on, one more time. Can you thank God for Pastor Jim and Pastor Dawn? I honor you both. Thank you so much for carrying what you carry. It's a true honor to be here. 
and uh, I recognize that this is, uh, this is my first time. And so uh, let me kind of tell you my story so you know where this crazy Mexican is coming from. Come on, do I got any caramel people in the room? Where brown people, come on caramel, make some noise. Hello, hello, right? And then we got some chocolate in the room. Where you at chocolate? Go ahead and make some noise. And then we got a lot of whipped cream up in this room. So go ahead, whipped cream. We have sweet tooth, everybody got sweet tooth in here. But I grew up on the border of the United States and Mexico, and you probably have heard of my city, but for all the wrong reasons at one point. I love my city, but nobody vacations there. They ain't Daytona, all right? I'm telling you right now, nobody vacations. You go there for one of two reasons. You go there, number one, to visit family, or number two, you go there to do something illegal. That's the only reason you're in my city. I'm not lying. If you heard about all the cartel wars, all the drug trafficking, all right, all the killings, all the kidnapping, those are all my cousins. <laughs> so... Christmas is fun or the FBI is involved. There is never an in-between, all right? And so I remember growing up in that, you can you imagine growing up in that kind of environment by the age of 12, I found myself with a drug addiction, a lust problem, and an anger issue, but I love to play basketball. Come on, anybody love to hoop in here? Anybody in Florida? That's right, all four of you, that's great. So I remember... I went to this church that had a gym and they would open it up right before their youth service to get all the students from the gym into the service. And I would never stay in that transition. I would dip and leave and find somewhere else to play. But the youth pastor got involved in my life. And one day he came to me, Pastor Jimmy, he said, hey, you wanna go to youth camp? You wanna go to church camp? I had no idea what this was. Honest to God, I had no, I had no idea what this was. He said, hey, you wanna go to church camp? I said, there are gonna be hot girls at this camp. There are gonna be fine women at this camp. And he, this is what he said. He said, well, we're going to go for Jesus. I said, fine, you can go for Jesus. I'm going to get some phone numbers. <laughs> I'm going to camp. What I didn't realize is on the first night of that camp, I got saved. I got filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I got called into ministry all in one night. It's a game-changing night. From that point forward, God had put his hand on me to go to Bible college. Then I went into business. I was the internet sales director for every luxury car company except Lamborghini. I basically took what I learned in the cartels, did in the car company. It works. It's great. From that point, though, it didn't matter how wealthy you became. As my wife and I, we, re we reached financial goals that most people retire at at 21 and 22. But it didn't matter how secure you are. If you're not in the will of God, you'll be miserable. And I remember God coming and saying, now's the time. Sell everything you have. Give it all away and move to Sri Lanka. How many know where Sri Lanka's at? Okay, good amount of you. So Sri Lanka is 40 miles south of uh, India. I can tell you in the, it was in the middle of a civil war. I remember mortar shells blowing up down the road from my house, suicide bombers bombing the hotels we were in. But in the middle of all that chaos, God was still raising up his church. And we were seeing daily salvations, signs, wonders, healings, miracles, freedom. It was powerful. Came back to the States and did that in a youth ministry that we started. We watched a sweeping revival come through. It was powerful. And really for the last 13 years of my life, I have dedicated to raising and releasing this next wave of influencers at the college level. And I love where I get to do this from right now in Southern California at Missions Me College where we run with a, with a vision to unite the global church for the salvation and transformation of nations. Come on, how many of you believe this is an hour where we're not just having good services we're taking cities and we're transforming nations come on anybody got faith for this oh I wish I had time to tell you about everything that God was doing and I could water hose you with vision because I believe that that's exactly what God is causing to resurrect is the dreamers in the church again to dream at levels that are beyond limits and spheres and structures and systems they're just gonna break paradigms 
And I, I, I wish I had time to tell you about Peru, where we saw ten, we, we assembled the largest missions team in the history of the church. 10,000 missionaries from 43 different nations, 150 plus organizations represented a pound ground in the nation of Peru. And I wish I had time to tell you about the 14 medical clinics in 12 different cities, or the 3,000 high schools we went into in five days, or even the logging boats we sent down the Amazon River, where we were preaching Jesus, giving care and aid, and watching legs grow out and blind eyes will pop open his sockets, dead to right. I'm telling you, it was incredible. The political leaders forum where we're, t we're training and discipling politicians to have kingdom ethics and principles as they lead their nation. The education forum, the women's movement, or even the 10 stadiums we filled on the same night at the same time without advertising one man or one band. Because we say it's not about a man, it's about a mandate and a mantle. And Jesus has no problem filling stadiums when it's only him getting the credit. I wish I had time to tell you about all that God did in Los Angeles as we postured our hearts to call forward 20,000 missionaries. And wouldn't you know, 20,713 touched ground in July in Los Angeles to do the greatest display of love the city has ever seen. And we watched as millions were touched, billions have been reached. It's incredible. The vision is all there. Even in Peru, we saw in seven days, 1.1 million people give their lives to Jesus and be involved in a church a month later. 1.1 This is the hour where we're shaking nations and we're taking ground. Can a nation be saved in a day? Can a people be reborn in a moment? I don't know who's got faith for this, but I believe it's time for America. I believe it's time for Florida. I believe it's time for Daytona, for Ormond, for NSB. Come on. Anybody know that God is making an aggressive move? Move on America right now, and we are going to be on the front lines. I'm full of faith, and there's no way that I could do this by myself. We have an incredible staff and team, but can I tell you what I feel so covered by is my own wife. We're about to celebrate 18 years of marriage. We have four beautiful kids. She wants more. I don't. Pray for her, not me. She has a demon. So are you ready for the word this morning? Let's get rid of all these formalities. Are you ready for the word this morning? Listen, I, I can already tell, but I'm just going to say it. I don't do no quiet church. I'm too Hispanic for that. We, we the type of people you hear before you see. All right, so I, I believe a quiet church is a dead church. I believe the word of God deserves a response. I believe the word of God should have home field advantage at the church. I like playing on my home court because it meant that I had the most crowd support. Well, I think we should give the word the most crowd support. If you came in expecting nothing, then baby, that's what you're going to leave with. But if you came with a hunger and a fire and a thirst, I'm telling you, something will shift in your life. And you came in one way, but you will not leave the same. Is anybody wanting a fresh word from heaven this morning? Jesus, I feel this this morning. I feel this this morning. Awesome. Turn on your Bible. Turn it on. Go to, I know what generation we're in, okay? Turn it on. Keep your Bible charged. If you open it, that's fine. If you turn it on, that's fine. My Bible says it's the Word of God that's living and active, not what it shows up on. 2 Kings chapter 6, please. Let's start eating in 2 Kings chapter 6. And we're going to have a little nibble around the word this morning. And I'm going to reference a few things. And I just care that you get the address and go and pray through it uh, the rest of the week. But 2 Kings chapter 6, let me give you some background here so because we're going to parachute in the middle of the situation. The king of Syria is trying to create all kinds of conflict 
with the nation of Israel. And he gets these wicked plans, these demonically inspired strategies to come and ambush the nation of Israel. And he'll pick these uh, certain strongholds and pain points in the nation's border. And every time he comes up with one, he relays the information to his uh, advisors, his counselors, his generals. As soon as it leaves his mouth, the Bible says, it ends up in their hearing, but it also ends up in a pair of ears he didn't expect. And this was the prophet Elisha. Elisha would hear these plans and report it to the king of Israel and say, you're about to be invaded. Go and send reinforcements and garrisons to this point. And every time the king of Syria thought he was going to catch them off guard, they were already ready. And so they, they fight off the attack. The Bible says this, that this happened time and again. We have to pay attention to this. This happened time and again. In other words, this didn't just happen one time. It happened all the time. So the king of Syria gets frustrated. He thinks he has a leak in his administration. So he calls all the same circle of advisors, counselors, and generals and says, which of you is informing my plans to the king of Israel? Which of you is the traitor? And they're like, it's not us, my lord, the king. They, said, they say this, they say, they have a prophet who hears everything you say, even in the privacy of your own bedroom. I'm telling you, this could, that, could, that could be church right there. And he says, uh, they say, he hears everything you say in the privacy of your own bedroom. Come on, that's awkward right there too. So then, so then he says, well, find out where he's at. The Bible says that they say, well, Elisha's at Dothan. Dothan means cutting. And he says, Elisha's at Dothan. Go and meet him there. And so they show up with a whole army against one man. The next morning, this is what happens. Look at verse 14 with me. It says, so one night, the king of Syria sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid. I'm, I'm talking to somebody now. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't, even need, I don't even need to preach it. You felt that. Don't be afraid. Could I tell your marriage something? Don't be afraid. What parent am I talking to? Don't be afraid. Where are the teachers and the educators at? Don't be afraid. Where are the businessmen and women at? Don't be afraid. Come on, where are every praying saint? Don't be afraid. I will not be boxed in. I will not be hedged in. I will not be discipled by fear. I won't allow my thoughts to run in fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because of the climates. Don't be afraid of culture wars. Don't be afraid of propaganda. Don't be afraid. If I could shout over our nation right now, in fact, the last 24 months is don't be afraid. Don't. Every time God was about to do something special, every time he was about to do something significant, every time God was playing chess while the enemy was playing checkers, God had to start it with, don't be afraid. I'm about to do a new thing. Don't be afraid for unto you this day, born in the city. Don't be afraid. I'm going to deliver my people out of Egypt. Come on. I believe God is getting us ready. This is just the pregame. Don't be afraid. Don't. Don't, don't, better not be afraid. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more with us than against us. Oh my gosh. There's a lot to say there. Verse 17, then Elisha prayed, oh Lord, watch this, open his 
eyes. Say that with me, church. Open his eyes. Come on, say it one more time. Oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. <laughs> As the Aram army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, Oh, Lord, now please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness exactly as Elisha had asked. Don't be afraid. There are more with us than against us. Let's pray for a moment, church. Let's pray for a moment. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the spirit of, mm, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So I speak to this atmosphere, and I say that you are full of faith, and you're full of hope, and you're full of peace, and you're full of joy, and I come against every limit, every restriction, every barrier, every, every lie, every demonic harassment, I say is broken right now in Jesus' name. And I call every man and every woman into their season now. I call them into their rhythm. I call them into their strength. I call them into their destiny. I call them into their identity. I call them into their grace and into their call. I call them in, God, we set them in now. We are not okay with just having church anymore. We are not okay with just having services extended. We want a historic outpouring that will mark our lives forever, God. We don't want synthetic fire. We don't want fake fire. We want an authentic fire blazing, God. I speak to the dry ones, God. Fire burns better in dry places. I speak to the ones whose love is growing cold that the fire of God would march on your life. Lord, release yourself. I declare the unveiling. I declare no more smoke screens, no more blind spots, no more being hoodwinked and bamboozled by what we are seeing and what we are, hey, I declare sight come now in Jesus' name. We release you, God. Get our sight right. Get our sight right. Get our sight right in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. Um, I'm, I, I, I'm calling this message, Stay Woke. Stay Woke. Now, I, I'm going to tell you, I have no political affiliations with this. I have no propaganda, no cultural agenda with this. Honestly, when I was writing the message, I just thought, that's a dope title. So I'm, I was calling it Stay Woke. I, I believe that I am not settling for a natural wokeness like you're seeing tweeted about and posted about and re reported on. I don't need a wokeness. To me, that level of wokeness only notices the problem. Spiritual wokeness doesn't just show you the problem. It also gives you the solution. And I believe God is waking up the church. I'm talking about the hair on Samson's head is growing back again. I'm talking about water being mixed to wine again. I'm talking about new wineskins and fresh wine and fresh outpour. Where are the woke at? Where are the ones who don't need a newsreel to know what God is doing? Who don't need a social media feed to know that God is moving? Come on, where are the woke ones? The ones who won't be moved by agendas? The ones who won't be moved? by narratives and headlines that won't hold me noob by politics. Come on, where are the woke at? You better stay woke. I remember one time I was coming out of the gym. Don't be impressed, but something's got to, I got to help something out here. And uh, in fact, don't be impressed. I was actually coming out of a dodgeball tournament. 
So, but I like to win. I don't know about anybody else, but I, I don't play to lose. Uh, I don't know about, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I don't even take it easy on my kids. I, when I play you, like it doesn't matter if it's a matching game with my five-year-old or NBA 2K with my 14-year-old, I plan on destroying you. I ain't raising, they're saved, but they're not soft. I'm telling you that right now. Because let me tell you, in the real world, they don't give out participation trophies. In the real world, a W is a W because you put in the time and the effort. Don't you come crying because you lost. Go and build something better, and then you get the W. And an earned W is better than one that just was given to, I'm, can you tell I had this conversation in the last two weeks with some of my kids? I, 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 I was coming out of dodgeball tournament. We got eliminated early. I wasn't happy about it, but we got eliminated early. I'm walking back, and I get this text message on my phone, okay? I kid you not. This is, the t this is how I heard it. The text message said, yo, what's up? Next text message. Is this Darnisha? Next text message. This Antoine from Saturday night. Now, honest to God, Pastor Jim, Okay, I meant to text back. This is not Darnisha. But the autocorrect on my phone sent back, this is Darnisha. To which Antoine hit back, sup girl. So Pastor Don, I had anything else to do. So I just texted back and said nothing, he, 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 emoji, 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 and it was on. He said, what you doing right now? I said nothing, I just got out the gym. I said, I'm, I'm kind of tired. He said, you should go to bed then. I'm thinking, oh, oh, look at Antoine. 15 seconds into my life speaking godly counsel and wisdom. So I go home, shower, I get in bed. And anyone that knows me, I go to bed early. I go to bed, it, it doesn't matter what, what times I like to go to bed early because I like being with him early. The earlier, the better for me. And so I go to bed most of the nights at 9 o'clock. I like to go to bed at 9. I'm normally about 4.35. And so I, I, my, everyone knows me, our, our team, my family, everyone knows don't text Pastor Chris after night. You're not getting a text back. So I'm lying in bed. It's at just after nine. And sure enough, my phone goes off. And I'm thinking, that could only be one person. Sure enough, it was Antoine. And he says, sweet dreams, baby girl. So I pick up the phone. And I start texting, but I'm laughing. I'm like, <laughs> he don't even know. He don't even know, right? I'm laughing. My wife is right next to me, and she says, who's that? I said, that's Antoine. She said, who's Antoine? What does he want? I said, well, um, he, he want to talk to Darnisha. He said, well, who's Darnisha? I said, life's funny. I said, I'm Darnisha. And she said, hold up. You're a married man pretending to be a woman talking to another man. I said, baby, when you say it like that, it sounds bad. This went on for two weeks. Oh, yes, I'm that pastor. Yes, I am. This went on. No, I'm not lying. I was, I was screenshotting all of our conversation, posting social media, had people from around the world going, keep it going. And I would have. I, I would have. I really would have. But then Antoine hit back and said, hey, I want to see you again yeah i'm thinking as as soon as he sees me he gonna notice some things have changed since the last time he saw darnisha he said hey i want to see you again i knew that as soon as he saw me he would recognize i am not who i said i was i wonder if this is the hour where hell is breaking into a cold sweat 
where hell is nervous and heaven is excited because it's finally the corruption is being exposed. The injustice is being exposed. The spiritual enemies of our day, they are being exposed. And they said they were good when they were really evil. And they said they weren't evil and pretended to be good. And I'm telling you, I believe that the enemy has no place to hide anymore in the earth because there's churches that are praying and shifting atmospheres and shining light and speaking truth because he can't run from us anymore. You know, it says in Isaiah that there will be a day where we will look on him and we will literally say, is this the one? Is this the one that caused disease on the nations? Is this the one that wreaked havoc on the earth? Is this the one that caused disease? Is this the one that caused divorce? Is this the one that caused depression? Is this the one that caused cancer? We will be so shocked because we are looking down on him. I say, let's throw the party a little bit early and let's just start talking trash right now. Let's start jawing right now. I say, this can't be the one. I will not be defeated in this hour. I'm gonna stay woke. We need woke people again. We need woke people. We, we need the type of people who are not moved just by what they see in the natural. That we need the type of people that could be anchored there but exist here and make moves and impact and influence nations right here. We don't need you living here. We need you living there. Where are the woke at? Oh, come on, I'm preaching better than some of you saying amen right now because I think God woke you up in 2020. You thought the trouble put you to bed. You thought your pain was tucking you back in. You thought you were saying your nightly prayers through all that stress, but God was waking you up. What mattered, mattered, and what didn't matter fell away because you woke up, and I believe some sleeping giants are in the room. I believe some mighty ones that, come on, where are the wild ones? Where are the burning ones? Where are the risk takers? Where? are the woke at you don't get woke with good church attendance you don't get woke because you prayed once you don't get woke because you went one time you don't get you get woke because you have turned everywhere into a prayer furnace and there is a fresh encounter around every meeting around every moment where are the woke at i believe it's time that we stay Woke, and if we're gonna stay woke, let me give you three things the woke say with their life. Number one, they get to say, I'm ahead. I'm ahead. You know, I, I think for too long, the people of God have felt like they were behind. Felt like, they felt like they were always two steps behind what God's agenda was and felt like the world, felt like the enemies of their soul, felt like darkness knew. They, they have met people who literally think that the enemy knows more about their future and where they're trending in life than them and the Holy Spirit does. I got news for you. The devil is not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. His name is not the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's not called the author and the finisher of faith. He's not the one who can say, I am faithful to complete the things that I start. He's not the one who hung on the cross and said, it is. You know what the enemy does do? is he tries to get you to miss your moment. Daniel chapter seven says that he comes to pervert the times and the seasons. Could it be, could it be that you thought the tr you're not in the trouble you think you're in? I wish I had somebody. You're not in the trouble you think you're in. Let me just be, let me just say it like this. That you think trouble, uh, I'm being tested by this trouble. No, you're being trusted 
with this trouble. Because when you're ahead, you would have known it was coming. And when it showed up, you were ready for it. And as it was trying to touch you, you knew how to shut it down. You knew how to stop it. You knew how to build a resistance. You're ahead. The enemy doesn't know more about your life. He doesn't know more about your babies. He doesn't know more about your business plan. He does not know more. The enemy doesn't know more. Let me tell you what he does recognize. He recognizes certain spiritual characteristics. He recognizes that's the same way Wigglesworth used to pray. And it cost me cities. That's the same way Dr. Martin Luther King used to pray. And it started a civil rights movement that spanned across the globe. That's the same way Abraham Lincoln used to pray. And it brought unity to a nation. Come on, that's the same way a Catherine Kuhlman, a Mariah Woodworth Edder. Come on, that's the same integrity I saw on Billy Graham. That's the same passion I saw on William J. Seymour. That's the same outpouring I saw on Azusa happening at Calvary. He recognizes characteristics. And what he does is try to get you to misread your times and your seasons and you miss your moment. But what the woke get to say is it doesn't matter what you try to put in front of me. It doesn't matter what social media says, what news headlines say, what so-and-so says, what author so-and-so says. Because I'm ahead. I'm woke now. I'm woke now. I had a student who had a dream right before our youth service. In the dream, Jesus came to him and walked up to him and gave him a plastic bag and said, go to the Walmart down the street, stand in the pharmacy aisle, and whoever you lay hands on, I'm going to heal. This kid wakes up out of the dream, runs to Walmart, forgets the plastic bag, true teenager. <laughs> Gets to the pharmacy aisle, and it is packed with people to pick up prescriptions and pills. And sure enough, this woman comes, and he steps into her way, and he says, I'm, excuse me, ma'am. She says, yeah. He says, listen, I'm a Christian. God spoke to me that I was supposed to come here and pray for anyone that was getting prescriptions today. And I believe God wants to heal you. What do you need prayer for? It's not like she can say no. It's not like she can say, I don't need nothing. I mean, you got pills for something, for something. I mean, for something, right? So sure enough, he, she says, well, I've had this back pain. She says, I'm on heavy, heavy medication because I've had this for several years. In fact, I can't have a normal life. I feel like someone's back pain is getting healed right now. Uh, I, 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 check your back. I'm telling you, God just healed you right now. I, 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 he, she said, I, I had to take this meds. He said, no problem, can I pray for you? And she said, yeah. He said, may I lay my hands on it? She said, sure. Lays her hands, and simple prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I command this back to be made well. I command the discomfort and pain to leave. And I declare it's done now in your name. Amen. When he said amen, the woman went, whoa, just like this. Whoa, just like that. Right, they heard that all the way at Ormond, right? Whoa, just like this. And all, watch this, I'm telling you, she says, something happened, something popped. He said, well, do something you couldn't do. So she's like, okay. So she just goes, anytime someone's back gets healed, this is the automatic position. They just do it like this. So she keeps going up and down like this. She keep doing this right here. She's like, it's all, it's, I don't feel anything, no pain, it's all gone. She's starting to cry. The whole line is like, what in the world? Is this Walmart or church? And this kid's like, oh my gosh, God is doing miracles in the line at Walmart. And every person that came through said, can you pray for me? And when they were done, including this one, took their pills, gave it to the kid. And then a Walmart employee brought the plastic bag, put the pills in the bag. And he showed up to church that night, not with one bag, but with two gallon Ziploc bags full of pills. Don't you tell me. 
God's not waking you up. Where are the woke at? Where are the hungry ones at? Where are the wild ones at? Stay woke. I'm ahead. I'm ahead. I'm ahead. No, no, no. I'm not behind. I'm not the tail. I'm not the last. I'm ahead. I'm ahead. I was built to lead at the call of God. The gospel, the commission is not a mandate that the church would go, but the church would lead. It would disciple nations. It would lend the nations. It would speak to kings and queens. It would move palaces. It would move books. Come on. You're ahead. Isn't it interesting? The Bible says time and again, Elisha would warn the king of Israel. And it frustrated, come on, we need some holy disruptions again. My goodness, what would it be like if we had a praying parent who all of a sudden knew that a mass shooting was going to happen and they got involved with the right authorities and got in touch and shut it down? We wouldn't be losing lives like we should. What would it be like if a 14-year-old prayed and God said there's a terrorist plot going off in Paris and all of a sudden God is going to restore this city and he's shutting down wickedness. I'm telling you, the woke are rising. They're not playing any more games. They're not taking their cues from culture. Where are the woke at? Where are the hungry ones at? Where are the burning ones at? You can sit there and have your opinions. You can stay in your boat of criticism. You can continue to be some cynic, but I'm telling you, the ones who are turning the world upside down are at Calvary. They're in Daytona. They're in Florida. They're in the earth. God is marching his people. Where? Where are the woke at? We have an unfair advantage, a holy unfair advantage i'm telling you I, I i it would be unfair to know what pitches are being thrown from the opposite baseball team <clears throat> astros it'd be unfair to know what plays were being called <clears throat> patriots it would be unfair this is facts you can you can send me an email to i don't care at christianstraw.tv because it's right i'm telling you we have an unfair advantage to be ahead if you feel like you have to look up to see the bottom, if you have to look behind to see ahead, God is going to wake you up. You're ahead. Here's the second thing you get to say with your life. Number two. Number one, I'm ahead. Number two, I'm an ambush. I'm, oh, I feel this one in here. I felt this praying in the, my poor guy. There was one other guy working out with me in the gym this morning. He got all of this point. I, I, I have my earbuds in. I'm like, they're going to be an ambush, and God's going to... I'm telling you, this whole guy's looking at me like this. I didn't care. He was in my prayer time. I, I believe you're an ambush. I believe that there's a reason why you haven't burst out onto the scenes yet. You know, I, I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe there's pastors and leaders watching right now, but it is the mercy of God he's not promoted you because you have not the integrity yet. You don't have the character yet. You got all the gift mix. You got all the training. You're marketable, but you're not marked yet. And what you need is to come under some yielding and come under some submission, and all of a sudden God will raise. I don't know where the spiritual muscle needs to be added in the room, but the Holy Spirit is very aware of what spiritual gains need to be put on. And I believe what God is giving in this hour is not people who just know what's happening, but people who will march on the front lines and shut down wickedness and end corruption and stop abortions. Come on, where are the woke at? 
Remember one time I was in my office, I had my door closed, my assistant was sitting out there, and she's caramel. She's from El Salvador. And so she come with all the spicy, all the sauce. All right? That's why I hired her. And, and, and she, uh, this woman storms my office, and she goes, where's Pastor Chris? I need to talk to Pastor Chris. Where's Pastor Chris? I need to talk to Pastor Chris. Pastor Chris? My assistant is a beat. She's like, what you want with Pastor Chris for? I mean, she's solid, you know? And so I, she's, I'm hearing all this, so I go to the door, and I do what any man of God does in this situation. I lock the door. That's right. I lock the door. But then I put my ear to the door to see what's going on, because I am nosy. Come on, I'm nosy. I'm nosy. Right? And this one's, I ain't talking about Pastor Chris. What you want with Pastor Chris for? I'm like logging in here. She says, a voice came into my car and gave me this address. We have an unlisted address. Nobody knows how to get to my office on our campus. She said, a voice came into my car, gave me this address, and told me that Pastor Chris has a message for me. Now, I'm behind the door hearing this. And, I, he's, and Pastor Chris has a message for me. I'm like, really? Because when I prayed this morning, you said nothing about crazy women storming this office and it being all scared. You never said nothing. And then I said this to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm not ready. And he said, that's okay, son, because I'm ready. And whenever I'm ready, that's when you're ready. You don't need to have to, come on, I don't know who I'm talking to, but you've been addicted to being ready. You want the money first. You want the calendar first. You want the relationship first. But I'm telling you, if you would sever and make an agree, disagree with that addiction, oh man, I don't know who I'm talking to, but Abraham was too old and Gideon was too scared and Mary was still single. He never said you'd be ready. Have you read this thing? This book is not a, full of people who had a plan. Hey, Noah, go build a boat where there's no water. Hey, David, go kill a giant with no armor. Hey, Moses, speak to the rock and water going to come out the rock. Either you heard God and you're living on his timeline or you're just going to be stuck in a yesterday outpouring, in a past expression of God. And this is why our trophies turn to anchors real quick in the church because we start chasing something that happened in the 80s and we don't know how to go after the fresh move of God. But in Calvary, let it be said that there was a fresh thunder, that there was a fresh rain, that there was a fresh outpouring because the woke are here. Come on. The woke are rising. Come on, if you're part of the woke, you want to give God 15 seconds of praise. If you're part of the woke, you want to let all of heaven know. If you're part of the woke, let God know, I'm ready for a higher level of warfare. I'm ready for a greater assignment. Wake me up. Stay woke. Stay woke. Stay woke. I'm ahead. I'm an ambush. So this woman... All right, she said, I need to talk to Pastor Chris. I opened the door and said, ma'am, I'm here. I said, come in. I told my sister, you come too. In case anything pops off. And you, you know, straight up. Now, I'm from where we stab people first and ask questions later. Don't let these pants fool you. I'll fight everybody, all right? So I'm sitting on this couch, and I'm telling you, this woman starts sharing her story on her fourth divorce, multiple children with different men. I mean, just a heartbreaking story. She says, man, this is the same thing that happened to my mom. Same thing that happened to my grandmother and my generational curse. And I, and I said, ma'am, I said, what needs to happen first? God can heal all this. He can fix all this. But what needs to happen is you need to surrender your life to Jesus. When I said this, she went full manifestation. Ah, gonna, ah, and starts rolling around on my couch. Ah, ah, and so we start praying in tongues. But let me teach you something about Hispanics. When we go from English to Spanish, y'all better get out the way. No, 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 I, I don't, I, come on, where are my caramel people at? You know exactly, 
where I'm, what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, when we're sitting there, yes, G, in the nombre de Jesus. The fuego de Dios. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. She's sitting there, ah, and my assistant's like, in the nombre de Jesus. I mean, she just come, this demon didn't even have a chance. Even this demon's like. This woman gets free, gets saved, and is still in a close friend's church to this day. Why? Because God has not fallen asleep. Your prayers are not on deaf ears. He still understands the times and the seasons. He knows exactly what. God is a wise master builder. He knows how to build in centuries, not just in seasons. And what God is doing right now is he's waking you up. And the strategies he's given to this church and the strategies he's given to this family and your family are not meant for just for your lifetimes. They're meant for your lifelines. And we can no longer have a selfish perspective on me and mine. But we have to have a generational unification where I'm going to pass a torch. I'm going to pass a revival. I'm going to release it into the next generation. And they're going to build it better. They're going to build it stronger. And it's going to sustain even more. Where? are the woke at I'm helping this is part prophetic message part sermon I'm ahead I'm an ambush this is interesting this is we look at the text here you got this is interesting because the Bible says Elisha says don't be afraid come on I feel the fire of God in here I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in here I'm telling you I'm, tell, I'm hot I feel like a piece of chicken at Popeye's with all these lights <laughs> Verse 16, don't be afraid, Elisha prayed, for there are more with us than against us. Man, let me just, let me, I, I want to stay there, but I have to move. Verse 17 says, then Elisha prayed, oh Lord, open his eyes. This to me gripped me when I read this text. Open his eyes. I want you to recognize we need to know what the word says. I'm all about revival. I want salvations. I want signs and wonders. I want healings and miracles. I want that. But I truly believe one of the things we are missing is a Bible revival. We need the word again. We need the text. We need context. We need scriptures. We need depth. We need all of that. And I think it's important for you to know what your Bible says. But I also think it's important for you to know what your Bible does not say. I'm trying to help somebody. It, it just let's take this principle to this text for a second. He lit, did you notice what Elisha did not pray about? Did you notice that he never prays about the army? Did you notice he didn't pray? Oh Lord, deliver us. Oh Lord, protect us. Oh God, are you with us? Because Elisha was an American. Right. But what does he do? He didn't even pray about the army. His, Elisha, the prophet of Israel and the nations, his biggest problem is not, watch this, is not the enemy army, it's a blind servant. Could it be the man at the right hand of the Father is making intercession for us right now and what he is praying for is not just that you would be blessed and not that you would just be healed and not that you would just be influential but that your sight would be right. If you could see what he sees, you would know what he knows. If you could have your sight, I'm telling you, eyes that look are common but eyes that 
see are totally rare. And one man with sight is more powerful than an entire army. I'd like to submit to you that God was trying to restore the sight of people from the beginning. Because if you look at his messianic job description in the scrolls of Isaiah, and when he himself reads it, what does he say? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, and he hath anointed me. And then he goes, what does he say? To restore sight to the blind. What does he do to Abraham? Abraham's like, I'm supposed to have heirs and I got no kids. God says, boy, go outside and count the stars. He loses count and all of a sudden what happens? He says, oh God, there's no way. And God says, so will your descendants be. Joshua is taking a walk before he goes and watches the walls fall in Jericho. What does God say? See, I have shown you. I have given you the walls of the city of Jericho. Are you with me? Jesus is walking through the grain fields and he sees the harvest field. Do you remember this? And he says, look, see, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He is trying to get people's sight right. I'm helping you. I'm helping you. You got to read your Bible with some humor. You remember Jesus walks up on a blind man and says, do you want to see? I'm like, Jesus, he, he blind. And the guy says, yes, Lord. He says, okay. What does Jesus do? He spits in the dirt. I mean, makes mud and then puts it in the guy's eyes. And I'm thinking, Jesus, he's blind. That's messed up. He don't even know what you're doing. That's cold. That's cold. You play too much. Right? And then prays and then says, what do you see? I'm like, Jesus. And he says, I see men walking around like trees. Do you remember this? And then he says, okay. So what does Jesus do? Spits in the dirt again and makes more. I'm telling you, the CDC would be freaking out right now. <laughs> Spits in the dirt, makes more, puts it in the eyes. I mean, I'm like, Jesus, you're a savage. This ain't right, sir. And all of a sudden, he says, now what do you see? And watch this. He says, I can see clearly now. Now, there is a precedent for progression of a healing. There is also a precedent a biblical precedent that God was restoring his spiritual sight before his natural sight. You're like, no, I need chapter and verse for that. I'm glad you asked. Because in Psalms chapter 2, do you remember this? Oh, Psalm chapter 1, what does he say? Blessed is the man who does not walk in the path of sinners, nor sits with the seat of scornful, nor does anything that is wicked. Do you remember this? But his delight is in the law, and on the law he will meditate on it day and night, for he will be like a planted by the river whose leaves do not wither and whatever he does will prosper. Jesus said you will know a tree by its fruit because a good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. When he's talking about I see men walking around like trees, he is seeing what is already linked in the spirit that people are always created to trees and I believe that God has some oaks and he has some cedars of Lebanon and he has people being built in this moment. You just need to wake up. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says the God of this age has blinded the minds of the people, but Jesus came that he would restore sight to the blind. Come on, where are the woke at? We need woke people again. We need woke people again. We don't need cute. We don't need pretty. We don't need popular. 
We need faithful. We need available. We need sanctified. We need integrity. We need holiness. We need character. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need the Word. We need hours of worship. We need seasons of fasting. We need depth. We need life again. I'm ahead. I'm an ambush. And the third one is, I'm an answer. I am tired of the world saying the church is the problem. I'm tired of people saying this young generation is the problem. They are not the problem. They are the answer. I'm tired of workplaces, of spheres and climates capitalized. They're the problem. Now they're the problem. They're the problem. This is the problem. No, you're the answer. It's time. I'm telling you. I felt like the Lord told me to share and speak over this house, no small dreams allowed. I believe that the last you have been in something so strong, I believe that what you have been in was just practice. This, ain't, this is just a drop, what you're in right now, just a drop. There's room for more. God says, make room for the new. I feel this right now. Isaiah 43, 19, he says, Behold, I do a new thing in a season of life where we wondered what the next thing was. What's the next restriction? What's the next scare? What's the next move? What's the next injustice? Who's the next president? It was what's the next, what's the next one? God says, I don't do next things. I do new things. And then he asks the question, Behold, I do a new, do you not see it? What he's saying is, I'm already moving, I'm already activated, I'm already in motion, I'm already carrying it, why don't you see it? He said, I'm doing things that make no sense. I will make roadways in the wilderness, I'll make rivers appear in the desert, why don't you see that? Jeremiah 33, 3, what does he say? Call to me, I'll answer you. Watch this, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. In 2011, we were in the office of the president of Honduras. So President, Mr. President Lobo Sosa, Mr. President, the country's in pain. Your homicide rate is here, your suicide rate is here, your food lines, your poverty is extending, not decreasing. We said, but what if God was speaking to your nation to give, it a, give you a new nation through the prophet Isaiah when he says, behold, can a nation be saved in a day? Can a people be reborn in a moment? We said, Mr. President, we want to ask you for five things. Number one, would you stand with us two years from now declaring that Honduras is a new nation? Number two, would you open up all the borders so we can ship in millions of dollars of humanitarian aid? Number three, would you give us access to every high school in your nation so we can bring an army of 2,000 missionaries to preach the gospel to every teenage age person in the nation? Number four, would you give us Act, would you pay and give us the 18 largest stadiums in the 18 largest cities of your nation? And number five, would you underwrite all the audiovisual and lighting for those stadiums? You know, just some small asks to journey a world leader with. President Lobo Sosa took his uh, resolution out of his desk and signed it into motion right there. Boom.
boom, it birthed what we are in right now as an organization, One Nation, One Day Missions Me and One Day LA. And we watched as God started to move on the vision of uniting the global church for the salvation and transformation of nations. And I'm telling you, it is Mission Sunday. It is what God is doing around the globe. But we are having a new blueprint because I feel like what has been out there is very tired, especially in the missions model. It's so tired. And we wanted a new era of God not just showcasing a man where a man or a woman blows in, and that's great, but it, the anointing blows in, but it also blows out too. So what is the sustaining vehicle? There's only one sustaining vehicle. This is why the economy won't fix this. This is why governments and education, and, and they won't. The only sustaining vehicle in a society is the local church. And the influence and the affluence of the local church is what can carry transformation from a catalytic moment into a supernatural movement that stays where heaven stays, where the kingdom stays, where the Spirit of God came and remained. Are you following me? And it's, so we, we started watching as the church humbles itself. This denomination, who would never work with this denomination, all are one. The unity, we've treated unity like it's optional, like it's negotiable, like we get choices. No, the final prayer of Jesus wasn't, well, if they feel like it, the final prayer of Jesus was that they should be one because he knew that a united church is an unstoppable church, but a fragmented church is a church that's weak, anemic, and full of other things. But let it be said that Calvary aligned itself in this moment, and this revival was not wasted on October, but it was built for 2024, and it was built in the 2030, and it was sustained in itself till your grandbabies were feeling it. The minister of tourism comes to us. You're bringing 2,000 people. We said, yes. How are you bringing them? We said, well, no major airline could believe that we could afford 2,000 international tickets. They don't even, like, no major airline. They don't even do that for the Olympics. This is the church causing new problems for the world, which is just the way I like it. And then all of a sudden, watch this. He says, what did you do? We said, well, we chartered a 747. He said, you can't come. We're like, what are you talking about? We're, it's nine months. We know. He said, you can't come. We're like, no, we're coming. <laughs> no, you don't understand. We're coming. I, I, I'll sneak across the border. I know how to do it. We're coming. <laughs> and I, I, I remember he said, you can't come. We said, what needs to happen in order for us to come? You know what he said? He said, you have to rip up all the runways. You have to rip up all the lighting. You have to upgrade all the tech and the radar. You have to get us new emergency vehicle service. So you have to tear down half the airport and build us a bigger terminal for us to be able to house 747s. You can't come. You're going to have to elevate us from a Category 5 to a Category 7. And we, he said, you can't come. We said, no problem. We'll do that. Hey, now, he's, he said, how are you going to do that? We said, well, we have a private funder. Yeah. No, we didn't, we didn't do this, but... You can't talk to him in this. Sure enough, six months later, new asphalt was poured, new runways were built, new lighting system, an upgrade in the tech and the radar, and then all the people being trained, all the emergency vehicle services, the airport, half of it being torn down, a new airport being built by the local church of Honduras, and the first ambassadors and missionaries in a 747 touchdown in Honduras, and the church is building airports for nations. Friend, wake up! Don't you dare tell me you can't move. Don't you dare tell me he doesn't want to do it. Stay woke. Stand with me. Stand with me. Please stand with me. Oh, I prayed this word over and over. More, God. Increase and more. 
increase and more 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 I feel the presence of God when you're woke you get to say I'm ahead I'm an ambush I'm an answer everything you've been doing up to now I've been sent to tell you it was just practice that was preseason those were just lions and bears because you are going to look into 2022 when that warfare comes, when the assignments come, and you're going to say, I'm not new to this. I'm not new to this kind of warfare. I'm not new to this kind of schedule. I'm not new to this strategy. I'm not new to this. I was, I'm not new to this fire. I was built by fire. I'm not new to opposition. I was trained for opposition. I got my hands trained for war. I got my feet filled. I got my heart filled. I'm telling you. It's just practice. 2020 was just practice. Oh, I'm helping you. It didn't steal nothing from you. It didn't take nothing from you. It reprioritized what really mattered in your life. It gave you fresh perspective. It gave you understanding. You found places in God you had been asking for, and had it not come, had it not happened, you'd still be living in the shallows of 2019. But God found you in trouble, and He didn't just test you with it. He trusted you with it. Oh, we need the woke back. Oh, we need risk takers back. Oh, we need the mic. Come on, where? Where? Where are the woke? You know, you could be here today and you're like, there's something different about this moment. There's something about this atmosphere. Friend, you don't get to be woke unless you take one initial step. And that's by surrendering your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, I believe there's a place for therapy, but therapy, therapy won't wake you up like this. There's a place for medicine, but it won't sustain you like this. There, listen, there is a place, but you have found yourself many times in dead places. You may not have been like the demoniac, but you have been lying in your own grave and cutting yourself in your own tombs. You've been tearing, you may not be physically cutting yourself, but if your self-talk could be put on these speakers, you were cutting your identity, you were cutting your destiny, you were cutting your heart, I'm telling you. You need to repent of that sin and wickedness. I am not your enemy, I am your friend. And I can tell you as a drug addict, as a pervert, as someone with fits of rage and anger, I am not that person today. I have a marriage that I don't deserve. I have babies. I don't know how God here, but God bless me. I have a calling I'm satisfied in. And I'm not just living to be influential. I'm not living to be famous. I'm not li I wouldn't lower my bar to be rich. I came here to cause heaven to touch earth that he could passenger with me. Some of you, I just want a real life. You get real life when you give yourself to real life. You need to give your life, surrender, yield to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And if you have never given your life to Jesus, with every head bowed, every eye closed, real quick, come on, stop playing, stop playing games, sir. This is your moment, ma'am. If you need to surrender your life to Jesus right now, turn from all wickedness, embrace Him as the ruler and the decision maker of your life. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand and say, Pastor Chris, I need to give my life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Hands all over the place. Hands all over the place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, sir. I see your hand. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Come on. Come on. I'm telling you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Jesus. Jesus. Come on, at every campus, lift your hands. Doesn't matter where you're at. You don't have to be in this room to feel his presence. I know you feel the fire on your life. Man, I feel the, feel the goodness of God here. I feel the goodness of God here. You know, I want you to look up at me and I want to pray. My friends that raise their hand from this campus and all others, if you have never surrendered your life to Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer. And I'm going to ask the whole church to pray. And I want to tell my friends to raise their hand. There's nothing magical about the words you're saying. But what's supernatural, I'm telling you, what's supernatural is the meaning in your heart. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth but believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. I want to pray in church. Can we, can we all pray together and repeat after me? Let's pray with some volume and say, Jesus, I give you my life. I thank you that you died for me, that you rose again, and you're alive today. I surrender my life. It belongs to you. I turn away from sin. I embrace you. I declare I am woke. I'm ahead. I'm an ambush. And I'm an answer. And I belong to you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give a shout? Can we just give a praise? I feel, I just feel a mantle in the room. I feel, I don't know why, but I keep feeling nations in the room. It's, it's significant. I feel that there's a holy harassment you're going to become. Man, I don't know another way. You will be a holy, you will be a holy interruption. You will be a holy disruption. You will cause things to fall. Come on, nail it down. God, hello, I'm helping you. We need woke ones again. And I just wonder, I, I just wonder if there were people who were so burdened by the words that God is putting on us this morning, who could say, I don't want to ever go back to sleep. I'm woke now. I'm awake now. I'm full of it now. I'm ahead. I'm an ambush. I'm an answer. But I need direction. I need assignment. I need mission. I need vision. I need preparation. I need integrity. I need care. I want to be trusted. Come on, can heaven consider you reliable? I don't know who needs to get down here, but I wouldn't mind praying over you very quickly, very quickly. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I feel like, like, the, like heaven, like angels are placing mantles on you. I, I feel like God is saying, you're gonna, you're gonna overturn education. The perversion that's come on a generation you're not just called, I'm telling you, 
some of you the only place you'll work is in the shadows the only place you'll work is in the hiddenness but if you could find real influence oh jesus come on the woke are rising the woke are rising i'm telling you this is a catalytic moment that bursts into a movement jesus it's time to dream again oh god jesus come on down we'll wait we'll wait i see you still coming i see you still coming come on i'm asking this ain't for the nominal believer this ain't for the normal believer i'm telling you assignments missions focus vision hey jesus 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 I'm telling you, some of you are destined to speak to kings and queens and no one will ever know about it. Some of you, you're called to medicine. I'm telling, man, I feel like there's, I feel like there's, uh, I don't know, I don't want to just say the word entrepreneurial because that's very limiting. It's such a limiting term. You're an innovator. You're an ideator. You are dis- you will never have an appetite for the way it's been done. You will have an appetite for the gate the way that God wants it done now. You will only want fresh, no stale bread allowed. No small dreams allowed. No small thinking allowed. Oh Jesus. I just want to pray. I was reading this week and you have to understand as a preacher everything's a message. I was reading this week and I read about Elon Musk who they said, Elon, you made your millions on PayPal and sold that and started making your billions on Tesla and now you're in SpaceX. What's the point? What's the point? And he said, the point is to take one picture. One picture. He says, I want to build a rocket that'll journey towards Mars and I want to have a time capsule with a seed in that rocket and I want to to, to, to plant a seed in the red rocks of Mars and then with enough water, water it till it grows into a tree. And then I want to take a picture with this tree in the red rock of Mars and in the back deep black space. And he says, I want to take that and watch this. He said, and that will be the invitation my life will give. I believe God is giving all of us now a Mars shot. And what he is saying is this will be the invitation if you will be a piercing if you will be the tip of the spear calvary if you will be the tip of the spear in your family in your business in your career if you will be the one the perez the breakthrough if you will do that you will be a walking invitation to something bigger something greater things that have never been done it's time to live the impossible oh jesus i feel this right now Live the impossible. This is what woke people do. When they see chaos, they see an invitation. When they see opposition, they see opportunity. When they see the impossible, they also see the possibilities. These are not one-liners for you to go and tell your friends. This is kingdom spirit language for you to fuel your hearts you would wake up a city what happened if what would happen if bike week bike week here in Daytona got bum rushed and ambushed by the presence of God 
What would happen if spring break turned into revival meetings all up and down the camp and worship would break out right in the middle? I'm telling you, your prayer walking is not in vain. Your declarations are not in vain. Oh, Jesus, lift your hands. I want to pray over the world. Holy Spirit, from the front to the back, Jesus, I feel this right now. From the front to the back, fill him right now. Jesus, fill him. Fill him. Fill him. I feel like this is corporate this morning. I feel like this is corporate this morning. Fill him. Fill him. Jesus. Fill him. Oh God. Oh God. Mom! I declare the woke are here. The woke are rising. Wake up. Wake up, oh sleeper. Give them fresh plans, fresh strategies, fresh revelation. Wake up! Wake up! You are not dead. You were just sleeping, Lazarus. You are not dead. Talitha, come on. Wake up! Wake them up. Wake them up. Wake him up. Wake him up. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Jesus. 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 I had a word for John. Uh, there you are. I just want to say that if you have to run, I understand if you do, please, you're not going to offend me. I have a word for you and a few others. The Lord, I knew I was coming here. I knew you served here. And, man, Zechariah chapter 1, verse 18 through 21. It says there were four horns of wickedness that polluted the nation of Israel and it tore them down. And then God's response, a lot of people would think would be like four generals or four kings or four prophets. That's not what he did. So there were four horns of wickedness that raised up and tore down the nation of Israel and turned them towards corruption. But then God raised up four craftsmen. He released the creatives. And it says that they created at such an anointed level that it terrorized the enemy. And I feel like this team right here is a holy terror. I feel like you're tearing down things, like cancer is going to be healed and that will be normal. Depression is going to fall off of people. I'm telling you the restoration of marriages is going to happen off of your anointings in this room. And God is not just raising up voices and microphones, He's raising up the creatives, the designers, He's raising up the videographers, He's raising up the artists, He's raising up the psalmists, He's raising up those whose tongues are the pens of ready writers, God, that you would fill John with this word. Lord, we release the anointing to tear down wickedness, the anointing to raise up your voice and your word and your name again. In authenticity and a purity when it comes to the place of worship, when it comes to the place of creativity. Raise up this craftsman. Raise them up, God. Train these hands. Train these hands. Train the gifts. Train the talent, but train the heart. Train the character. Train the man. Train the man. 
restrain the man. Oh, Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. What, what is your name, sir? You have glasses on. Yes, sir, what is your name? Gary, and um, is this your girlfriend, wife? Okay, because it can get awkward. Um, hold out your hand, sir, ma'am. But for you, I saw you worship. I would look back. I try not to look at you in a creepy way. Let me see your hands like this, both of you. Gary, in that hand, I see a pile of crowns. And in this hand, I see tornadoes. Like hurricanes. What I see in this hand, sir, those crowns are meant for sons and daughters, for you to be an example. Like it's time. It's time. I feel like there's, God is raising you up and there is a, there's a reason you're here at Calvary and, and, and with this, this general right here and uh, generals really. And I'm telling you that in your hands there's crowns and, and I feel like those crowns could have fell out of your hands. But God picked them up, put them back in your hands. You, you didn't miss it. And you didn't mess it up too bad. And God is in a restoring work, but I feel like those crowns are meant for other sons and daughters. And I'm, wow. And then I see in the other hand, I see these hurricanes, these tornadoes. And so I feel like the crowns represent royalty. You're called to raise up royalty. Thinkers. I'm telling, man, I feel this. Royalties. And then in this hand, I also see uh, tornadoes and hurricanes. That's meant for power. You're not just going to raise them up. You're going to raise them up to look like the king and to raise them up in supernatural power. So they won't just have all the mindsets. They'll have a supernatural oomph behind it. God, I thank you for Gary. Oh, Jesus. And what, what is your name? Su Susie. Susie, I also see you with the crown on your head. And, the God, and God is saying, daughter, chin up or the crown slips. And I, I was just, I read a lot and I, I was reading about how royalty would have to, they would walk like this, Susie, they would have to walk like this. And people thought they were sticking their noses up at them so they were snobby, bougie. That's not what was happening. The weight of that gold crown and all the jewels and the weight of that, they had to put their head like this and it symbolized that their focus couldn't be on man. It had to be on heaven. And I'm telling you, you could have put your chin down, but the crown would have fell off your head. But God came in and lifted your head. Both of you lift your hands. I feel the presence of God on this. Father, I thank you that you are giving back the years the locusts have eaten, that you are restoring and you're reposturing their hearts. Crowns power alignment now we release it on them we release it on them we release it on them what's your name you have a man what's your name no this sir in the green yes sir what's your name i'm sorry i can't hear you Did someone hear that emmanuel <laughs> okay that's not the ultimate flex <laughs> Emmanuel, I, I see the word leader over your head. And I don't know why, but you have a tendency. The enemy wants you to live distracted. And I, and I see this because, it, you know, if the enemy can't get us to sin, he'll distract us. And, and it, it says that the enemy comes and it says he comes to steal, kill and destroy, right? 
but if the enemy can't get us to sin he can't destroy our lives in that lane so what he does is he distracts distract us with things that don't matter we are praying about things that don't even matter right now I'm telling you I say this because a distracted life is a destroyed life and God is aligning you and I say that you're a leader in Romans that says whoever gives let him give generously whoever serves let him serve diligently whoever leads hear me Emmanuel you better take it seriously that's scripture man to man friend to friend it's time for you to take what God put on your life absolutely serious that's why you're up here no more games no more distractions you set your bar is too low sir too low you dream small dreams I see a, I don't know why I see like a notebook and I see a blue pen and I see a, a highlighter am I am I getting close to something I feel like God has caused you to write things down and there are things that God is saying that's just the beginning that's just practice man you're a leader sir and I call it forward right now lift your hands I call it forward right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you will lead with strength and you will lead with character and you will lead with courage and I declare no distraction. wake him up get his sight right this morning in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus uh, what's your name ma'am you have a jean jacket on yes ma'am I'm sorry Dorothy oh lift your hands if the presence of God's all over you Come on, someone, yeah, there you go. I'm telling you, I'm just, you're glowing. I feel the words of Habakkuk. Revive the work in the midst of the years. In the middle, God says you're in the middle. And there's temptations to go backwards, but you're in the middle, Dorothy. There's a temptation to go back. It was easier. Why am I doing this? Only God, and I don't know why. If if you're like the disciples who are in the middle of the storm. You're in the middle, and God's, you could easily go back. But going back would be the same distance as going forward. It'd take you the same amount of time, the same amount of effort, the same amount of focus, the same amount of everything. Don't trade your future for familiar. You're in the middle. God, revive the work. Hey! Shout! Yes! Revive your work! Midst of the years. Uh, you have you have a gray shirt on. Yes, sir. You standing next? Yes, sir. Yep. And who, who's this next to you? Is this your wife? Girlfriend? Friend? Sister? Huh? Oh, I put you on the spot. See, I told you it doesn't work every time. Okay. I, f- I feel... When I look at you two, I don't see people. I see two spears. I, I'm just gonna say this. I don't normally like to walk into a general's office, just be like, this is what I see. There's no reverence to that. But when I came into church this morning, I did not feel like I walked into a church. I honestly felt like I walked into an arsenal. I walked into a war room, a weapon room. I don't know another way to say it. And there's shields and spears and arrows and swords. And, and I just had to, I, I just like, this is not a church. This is a destiny church. This is not a playground. This is a battleground. And God is sharpening. 
And I'm telling you, God is polished. Ooh, Jesus is sharpening you right now. He's sharpening you right now. Lord, I thank you. You are spears in the hands of God. His hands are around you. And I feel, man, this is what I feel, the squeezing of God coming on your life. You thought that pressure was unholy or demonic. No, it's God. When I squeeze a grape, I get grape juice. When I squeeze an orange, I get orange juice. But when this planet or this system or this world squeezes you, they're gonna get a holy supernatural anointing that there is gonna be something that bursts forth in your life. The squeezing's gonna continue. God says you're gonna have 90 days of visitation. He's gonna visit you in your dreams. He's gonna visit you at your office, in your car. I don't know why I see a truck. I'm telling you, I see so much. God is showing up. And so you're going to have 90 days of visitation. You are to write down everything. It is not to be read unless it's before Him. And you're going to lay it before Him. You're going to meditate on what He says. He's going to echo. There's going to be an echo chamber from the study of the Word of God into your life. And He's going to visit you in your thoughts. He's going to visit you in your heart. I see a right shoulder being healed right now too. I see pain in the back behind being healed right now I'm telling you I feel God God send momentum their way send them their way Jesus Jesus um there was I don't know you moved oh there you are you were there in the in the peach what is that salmon pink okay they want to pull it out all the way I just have two more and I see the word dream over you and but I I see it in the the Hebrew there's a that it's this is interesting because the the word in Hebrew for dream is yatzar but the that's not the actual root word the, the law of first placement the actual root word is the word create and that's yatzer but I see yatzar and I see what that means is God is going to cause you to dream sir but you're not dreaming, you're creating. And there's something about God, He trusts people to create because their names will never touch it. It will never be yours. The fresh, the fresh strategy, it, will, it does not belong to you. I'm telling you, it belongs to Him and He'll trust you with it, but it's time to dream. Once you pierce through that, there's gonna be levels where you come into God, revelation, fresh revelation, fresh wisdom, and you're gonna start, man, you're gonna to start to create. You're gonna speak things that were not as though they were. You're gonna take for what's later and move it into right now. It's a very, I'm not telling you're a prophet, it's a very prophetic anointing. And so I, I just feel the surge of God. I feel God aligning you, I feel the God of heaven aligning you. God, right now, lift your hands right now. Ruach, breathe, create, create, and dream, and dream. Lift your hands. I want to pray over you. Father, I thank you. I thank you. You're waking us up. You're waking us up. You are waking us up. You are ahead. You are an ambush, and you are an answer. I thank you that you have a mantle to wake cities up. Wake nations up wake generations up in the mighty name of Jesus 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Can we give him 10 seconds of praise real quick, please? Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. Hey, I, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I tend to be a pyromaniac around fire, especially spiritual fire. And I know that one of the best ways to keep revival moving forward is to fuel yourself correctly and to pour fresh gas and add another log to the fire. And we have these incredible resources back there that God's entrusted us to release. And, and uh, one of these I'm real excited about, I'll tell you in just a second, but this is a message for you. It's called Finisher. How many know Jesus was the greatest finisher on the planet? Come on. That the world's impressed by what you start, but it's transformed by what you finish. And we've had our day of starting things and never completing things, but we need a whole church full of finishers. They're going to believe God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the author of the and the finisher of our faith, the one who completes the one, the one who is faithful, complete what he starts. And on the cross, he says it's finished. We need you to finish. If you have a habit of procrastinating or giving up in the middle or not making way, you need to go pick this up. This is a great message for you. I'm really excited about this. I almost fired our publisher this week. That's a true story because this is a brand new resource we have not pulled out called Habits. Everybody say Habits. I have found that your spiritual disciplines will determine your spiritual sight. It'll determine your spiritual hearing. It'll determine how you filter everything in your life from money to education to the landscapes of uh, of economies and politics and but we have to be embedded and first timothy says that physical training is good but spiritual training is much much better in other words it's more beneficial because it has benefits in this life and the one to come and i have met people who want more depth and they want more development and they want desire to collide with devotion but they don't know how to get that revelation they're they're drawing a blank or they're coming up dry or they just they're tired of the same routine and what they need is a fresh set of habits and this is why spiritual disciplines are so important the discipline of prayer and fasting the discipline of meditating not just reading but meditating on the word the discipline of supernatural ministry that should be confirming the work of our lives and not just be the highlight reel but the normal of our life the the discipline of worship the discipline of serving and generosity and so these are all this is the workbook and in the back here you can it's all available because we have uh, instructions and a code for you to come and uh, and watch it you can stream all of this content hours of teaching all of this content curriculum on any device anywhere in the world you can pick this up go and pick this up there's no reason for us to be shallow anymore go and pick this up and then uh, uh, do I have any parents in the room come on any parents you know the last 20 years of my life have been dedicated to youth and young adults and I have found that the one of the most powerful scriptures for you as a parent, as a pastor, as a leader is 2 Corinthians 3.17 where he says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, liberty. That tells me that freedom is heaven's top priority. It also tells me what my job is. I thought for years my job as a pastor or maybe a little bit as a parent, my job was to manage everybody's problems, everybody's sin. Everybody's, that is not my job. My job is to help everybody manage their freedom. 
because I'm not the Holy Spirit and I will not be around all the time. And there will be a day our kids will grow up and they will leave our house and they might end up at some atheistic, humanistic professor's teaching. And if I haven't trained them and discipled them to think in the realms of freedom, then they could literally deny a faith they were raised in. But let it be said that we weren't just raising sons and daughters, we were raising kings and queens because we knew how to speak in the language of freedom. And I want to tell you this because I really sense that what we're walking in right now is we need homes that are raising up these kind of royal mindsets that you know how to do it, especially in the areas of confrontation. A lot of people, they don't know how to do confrontation. All they do is do what's been modeled for them. But we give you what to say. A lot of what we do is mistake management in the business world, in the parenting world. But man, I'm telling you, we have to do better as parents. We have to do better as leaders. We have to do better. So we give you what to say, how to confront freedom, how to, what do you do when they blow it, how do you manage all the mistakes, all of this here. We're super passionate about it. I would love to sign the books. I'll be back there. Hug your necks. Father, I leave my peace here. I leave what you have done in this place. No small dreams allowed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060 or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.